The Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. All the time. Okay, let's declare the word of understanding. One, two, let's go. Now I declare. Now I declare. That the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Understanding has come to you again today in Jesus' name. Amen. I said understanding has come to you again today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God will open your heart. Amen. You will see something you need to know. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can you greet somebody on your left and your right as you take your seat? Say them, God bless you. Welcome to the seat of wisdom. Welcome to understanding. Prophesy to somebody that God will speak to you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. All right, let's open our Bibles again. I want us to continue something we began to read um, in our last school of prayer. The Lord is good. Okay, let's just read from Colossians chapter 1. We'll read from verse 24. Paul was speaking about the plan of God that he has been walking in. He said in verse 24, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is his church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is the mystery, that is I'm preaching the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing every man, teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Please notice what Paul was saying here. This was his work. He said, this is what I do. I'm teaching. I'm working according to his power that mightily works in me, proclaiming Christ, admonishing every man, and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present each person complete in Christ. So Paul was saying that this is what he's doing. That is, the whole church will grow up, but he's also emphasizing on each individual growing up in Christ, to the end that each person will have his full maturity, that is, the stature of Christ will be formed in each individual. I just would like explaining to us again, that this is precisely what God is doing. This is his first assignment in our lives. It is unfortunate that we, as the church, as um, preachers, we often focus on what God is not saying is primary. 
we know what is the primary thing about our teaching is how do we prosper. We focus so much on how to make material progress. You understand what I'm saying? We focus so much on how to make progress outwardly. Things that people can see. Things that we can see. And when we want to give testimonies, most testimonies are on what the world has done materially around us. Now, let's, let, let me get this clear. Let me not say, uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I am not saying God doesn't do those things. I'm not saying he doesn't do them. I, I'm only saying he said that is not the primary thing that he's doing. Let's just read this again. We've read this many times. We all know it by heart, but I, I'm just in, in the mood for reading this. Matthew chapter 6. The book of Matthew chapter 6. He said from verse um, 25. For this reason I say to you. Now if you see verse 24, let me just add that one to it. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot, you cannot serve God and wealth. He said for this reason, because you can't serve the two. Everything you are doing in life will be based on that principle of service. Whatever decision you are making on, in life... Is either you are using it to serve God or you are using it to serve something else. You are either serving God or you are serving mammon. That is just the way it works. So you say you can't serve the two of them. He said, for this reason, because this is so, I don't want you to be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. He said, is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? What Jesus was saying is that anything you are concerned about will decide who you serve. I hope you are getting my point here. Yes, whatever you are concerned about, they will decide who you serve, which is decision you make. Each time you make a decision, it's either for God or for mammon. Will it be for God or will it be for mammon? Will be decided by whether you are worried about your life or you are not worried about your life. Please follow it. He said, look at the birds of the air, for they do not sow nor reap, nor gather into bands, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add one single hour to his life? And why do you, why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you, that not even Solomon in all his glory, clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly father knows what you need, knows you need all these things. He now said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Now please let me just emphasize that verse 33 again. Jesus was not saying peradventure or maybe they will be added. He was saying that as a matter of fact, they will be added. As a matter of course, they will be added. If they are not being added, you are not seeking the right thing. Please bear that in mind. This is a principle for the disciples of Christ Jesus. This is a principle of the kingdom. When the people of God seek what is right, 
other things are automatically added. It's the principle of the kingdom. If something is not being added, he said, this because you are not seeking the right thing. Now, why am I reading this one again? Because I began from that Colossians chapter 1. Just want to emphasize to the people of God something, some principles again. That I was saying that, so unfortunately, we, we, the, we the church, we began to emphasize what Jesus never wanted us to focus on. For example, he said, when, when you want to pray, what is the focus of your prayer? Many times we want to pray. And I began this because it's the beginning of the year. What are you going to achieve this year? Our prayer, oftentimes we are taught as Christians, we are taught to focus on what will I achieve materially. This is my year of getting a new job. This is my year of stopping to earn in Naira and beginning to earn in dollars as if it makes a difference, you know. <laughs> like Bishop Oedipo will say, have more Naira and you won't do that. This can get you any dollar you want. Anyway, people make things like that. As people give offerings, you know, they want to give offering. They go and change Naira to dollar, give it in, give it the offering in dollar, expect that God will multiply it back in dollars if God does not do calculation in heaven. You know, there are things we do, eh? <laughs> the angels can never be depressed because we crack so many jokes that they are always laughing. You know, that's what I'm saying. The Lord is good. <laughs> so we start doing things like that. The focus is on what will I end? And this is the interesting part. We use spiritual principles. You see, please let me digress again and talk about this spirit. When people tell me they are hearing their spirit, hmm? don't ever let them fool you that it is the spirit of God. The impression we give is that when you hear your spirit, you have heard the spirit of God. It is not true. No matter how much you pray until your spirit, your mind, your heart, everything, your ears, your head is silent and something comes out of inside you, you say that's your spirit. Yes, it is your spirit, I agree. Except that it's not the same thing as the spirit of God. It's not. When we say your spirit, it means what is pushing you. When we say your spirit, it means what is propelling you. The thing that is deep inside your heart. What you really want to achieve. What is the most important thing to you. When everything has been silenced, that's what speaks to you. It does not mean the spirit of God. This is practice in Christianity. That when you pray and pray and pray and pray. I, I've heard people teach different methods. When you are quiet around this time, that's when God speaks. Nonsense. It doesn't, God speaks at odd times. He spoke to Samuel when everybody was sleeping. He spoke to Moses when he was busy. So don't come and give me the impression that God only speaks, you know, you know, those edit. No, no, God speaks at all kinds of times. Samuel was sleeping. Was it Samuel? Yes. <laughs> With Eli. And God spoke to him. Manuel was busy. Manuel's wife was busy when the when the angel showed up. What's the name of our guy, the father of uh, John the Baptist? He was Zachariah. He was offering his sacrifice when an angel met him. Where he was busy, Moses was doing his shepherd work when he saw the bush burning. Please, I hope you are getting all of these things. So the, God speaks in di- different places. The fact that when you heard that voice, everything was quiet does not mean anything special. Because when everything is quiet. Your deep madness has the opportunity to do what he wants to do too. Let's get it. No, really, let's get it clear. The thing that speaks up to you at such time is what is deep inside. It doesn't mean that which is of God. Not necessarily that which is of God. You know this, I heard God, I heard God thing. Ha, that's not my message for today. But let's address it again. Don't worry about hearing God. What did I say? Let me just warn you ahead. You won't hear, most preachers will disagree what I've just said. As, as Christians, you need to go and hear God. Don't worry. As Christians, you need to learn to obey that which He has spoken to everybody. When you are busy obeying that which He has spoken to everybody, 
He knows how to give you the special instructions when necessary. I don't want to start teaching on that now. In fact, one of the things I've learned, you know, I think I referred to it on Saturday, in recent times, is that God wants you to look, as a child of God, just get up, go out, and, sorry, pardon me to say this, make reasonable decisions. Make sure they are your decisions. Not the decisions of the world, not the decisions of somebody else who you are trying to please, but they are yours. When I say yours, all right, what I mean is this. Make sure you have imbibed the word of God until it forms decisions for you. You know, the other day I was, I was, I was talking with my wife. You know, it dawned on me, again, that the most important decision the church had to take as a body after Jesus, the singular most important decision the church has to, had to take as a body, they didn't ask the Holy Spirit. Isn't that surprising? I like the way you went quiet there. Like, what are you talking about? Was there Holy Spirit with them? Answer me yes or no. Had the Holy Spirit spoken to them before? Separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas. The day of Pentecost, did the Holy Spirit not come down? Did Philip not hear the voice of the Spirit telling him to go and join this chariot? Yet, when they gather to make the most crucial decision that's on record that the church as as a body has to make, I don't know why Peter, the head of the church in Jerusalem, and Paul, the head of the churches, the Gentile churches, gathered together and forgot to ask the Holy Spirit. I'm sure you see which decision. They say, should the Gentiles obey the law? That's all. I mean, the, the law of Moses, does it apply to the Gentiles? They gathered and brainstormed. They did not say, let us pray and hear our spirits. Has it ever crossed your mind? Go and check it. They talk, go here, like you say, Talk good there. When they are finished talking, James said, all right, let me summarize what everybody has said. What is the summary? The law of Moses, the traditions of the Jews do not apply to the Gentiles. Let us write to them. They should just keep from sexual immorality. Keep from this. Keep, give them three instructions. And if they do this, they have done well. And Paul thanked them very well and went away. Such a crucial decision. Could they not have said, brethren, go and pray. Tomorrow you will tell me what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. They didn't say that. If it is us. I began to pray. The Spirit began to say, the law, the law, the law, the law, the law, the law. We start offering prophecies as if we heard God. Please, who? Despise not prophesying. I believe in prophesying. I am just saying, the most crucial decision the church ever had to take they did not say, let us check our spirits. What did they do? They went into the archives of their minds and brought out the words of the Lord Jesus. They went into the archives of their minds and brought out what they had read from Genesis all the way to Malachi. Paul, um, uh, Peter and co, remember the things that Jesus taught them. Paul remembered the things that Jesus showed to him by revelation. They compared all of these things and came to a conclusion. And wrote it as the final word of God concerning the situation. Christians think. What did I say? We do. We use our heads. The difference between Christians and unbelievers is the quality of information we use. That's it. The source and the quality and the importance we place on certain things. For example, if you say that's how it was before. For us Christians, so 
Behold, I the Lord, I didn't do a new thing. To us, it's normal information. It's not a big deal. When you talk about angels, to us, it's normal. We're not trying to be spiritual. When we say we walk with angels, we're not lying. We mean it. Look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah was coming back for the building of the temple. You know, what do you need? He could ask for armies to guard him on the way back. He was carrying a lot of money. He said, but we told the king that our God is alive. I don't know whether you get the point. So what do we do? Let us pray. Let us pray that God will send his angels to protect us. They were going on a perilous journey. And they were confident to ask for divine protection. Even though they had the opportunity to ask for human protection. That is the protection of God was real to them. I like John G. Lake's story. Take a vaccine so you don't catch this disease. He said, vaccine is not bad. I just don't need it. Why don't you need it? Well, the disease can't stay on my body. He said, those bacteria, if they touch my body, they die. They said, why? He said, because you see, my body is connected, my skin is connected by nerves to my brain. And my brain is connected to my spirit. And my spirit is connected to God. He said, when the life of God passes into my spirit, it flows around in my brain and through the nerves, it charges my skin. He said, those bacteria can't stay. He said, if you want, test it. And they tested it and found out that when bacteria contact the skin, they die. He kept on walking amongst people that were afflicted with bubonic plague, pneumonic plague, and said to them, don't worry, I won't catch it. Holy Spirit didn't say, tell him, don't think, don't take it. He just reasoned. I remember once I was in Lagos those days. <laughs> One of my consultants walked into the office. Said there was an outbreak of meningitis. He said, go and take the vaccine, go and take the vaccine. Everybody, yeah, go, 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 go now. The system was very deadly. Once you catch it like this, you are dead in a few days. Oh, ah, everybody rush, rush, rush. So people got up to go. Say, banker, you're not coming. I said, I'm not going. Listen, the vaccine was free. It was in the hospital premises. Why are you not going? I said, it's an insult. I said, I will run because of the news of meningitis. I said, meningitis should hear my name and run. I'm not living here. I was, I was provoked to anger. Listen, I had nothing against many, uh, vaccination. No. Don't get me wrong. I have nothing against it. But that day, I was just angry. That if I get up and move, it is fear that's pushing me. I refused. So I sat down. They, they gave the vaccine to everybody. This guy refused to take. And in case you don't know, <laughs> I was trained as a pathologist. We had to examine people that died for all kinds of reasons. Potential for catching things. I just said simply, I said, today, I am angry. Next day, if somebody else comes and says, please, I think it's good, this is public health measure, let's all, I, I, mean, I will join. But today, you try to scare me. I said, no, I refuse to be scared. <laughs> Honestly, that, why did I do what I did? There was not, listen, get my point, nothing. You know. Vaccine was free. Just come and take it. It doesn't kill people. I just felt insulted by the news. That rush, otherwise you may die. I said, Benjamin will die when I come. Me, I will not run because he's threatening to kill somebody. Who's the child of God? Meningitis or Banky Giantis, whatever. <laughs> Seriously. Christians, we reason, we think. It is just that <laughs> our information, all right, and that of the world is not the same. How we decode things 
is not the same. The way they decode and the way we decode is not the same. For example, you want to marry. This guy is rich. This guy is poor, physically speaking. Who do you marry? Instantly you know a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. So this guy came with a Bentley. This guy came with a Keke. To you as a child of God, it means what? Nothing. Zero. Zero. The man can't understand. Your people can't understand. Why can't you respect the man with the Bentley? You will say all flesh is grass. And the Bentleyness thereof is like the grass of the field. Like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the Bentley burns. When the breath of God blows upon it. But the word of God... He that is from above is above all. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That one abides forever. So it's not my information. It's not like, uh, I believe God, I confess in the name of Jesus. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm, you are just not moved by what you see. I don't know whether you get my point. You are not moved by what you see. I went to all of that trying to bring us something. When people come and harass you about their spirit, say, said, listen, Christians will reason. What is deep inside your heart is what speaks to you. It's not the Spirit of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Listen. What is deep inside your heart is what speaks to you. Not necessarily the Spirit of God. If you fill your heart with truth, when you are quiet, it will rise up and speak to you. What my son of these things? When Jesus said we should not... Sorry, before I get back. Don't forget why I went to all of that. I just want to emphasize to people, don't use this, your spirit is poor, your spirit is poor. No, when people have heard their own spirits, they start blaming God. That's what I'm talking about. When they've heard their own spirits. What speaks to you is what I'm talking about. Is what your heart is set upon. And this, why did I go into that? Unfortunately, we church, we preachers, we focus the minds of people on material things. So for them, miracle is more money. And no matter how much you pretend to be spiritual, if that's what you are focused on, in the time of temptation, your spirit will say to you, fall. And you will say it is God. And it is not God. It's just that thing that was deep. Can I use the word? Deepermost. Is that English good? No, there's uppermost. That's why, you know, I coined my English to make my message clearer. You know? The deepermost thing. When you have quietened everything else, that's what speaks to you. Many people are learning spiritual principles. What they call their spirit. Their spirit is a homo. Like they say, Jehovah Shama. You make me hammer. And I will buy hammer. That is what they have, that is, that is what they know. God of prosperity. God of prosperity is God must prosper me. So anytime you are preaching, no matter what you preach, if you preach the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow, what they are hearing is that money is coming. If you, pray, if you preach, occupy with this until I come. He said, occupy with this until you blow. <laughs> that is what they hear. No matter what you preach, that is what is inside. And if that thing is inside, listen to me, people of God, that's what speaks. What am I preaching? I began it last time. To emphasize that Jesus said that must not be the primary thing. What am I preaching? I want all of us to understand that Jesus said that must not be the primary thing. He said what is the primary thing? We read it here. He says seek first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness. It's important you understand this. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. Paul said the primary thing that God is doing. Now that's where I'm going. Paul said the primary thing that God is doing is completing Christ in us. I hope you're following what I'm saying. He said that's the primary thing. I said it last time. That's why I'm just going. I want to complete it. That in every situation of life, that's what God is aiming for. In every difficulty, that's what God is aiming for. Listen to this. You know God, prosperity, adversity, they both do the same thing. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Yes, with God, it's the same thing. God will test you with adversity. I'm not praying, I'm telling you. You can't say amen or no amen, it will happen. Are you scared? Don't need to be scared. But that's not my message. That's not what I want to emphasize. He will also test you with prosperity. Both of them are tests. God will mature you with adversity. He will mature you with prosperity. God will lead you with adversity. He will lead you with prosperity. He said, what do you mean? <laughs> there are jobs God wants some people to do. He said, Gabriel, come. He said, where is that $10 million I gave you for Ambrose? He says, right here. He said, hide it. Gabriel said, why, Lord? He said, because if Ambrose sees half a million dollars, he won't do this. He'll be too big for that. He'll be too big for this. He'll be too big for this. He said, what do we do? He said, he has 10 million naira. Go and bring it. So you enter the house. The angels will collect. And angels collect things. I hope you know that. You're not aware. Angels collect things. If, if angels don't like your car, they will remove it. How do they do that? They have different methods. Sometimes they go and greet the, the, the Jaguda in the neighborhood. You know what they call Jaguda? You don't know what is Jaguda? Okay. Jaguda is the troublemaker in the neighborhood. They go and go, Agbako, how far? Say, that child of God has one new, one new Mercedes Benz. Why don't you steal it for us? The guy will just have an idea. <laughs> he will not know it's an angel pushing him. They, they will just, then they will help him find your key. Or tell him when you are coming back. And then before that, the one angel will be whispering in your ears. Hmm, these boys are terrible. If you see them, run. <laughs> and they just stop at your gate. You come down to open the gate. You will see them. What do you do? You run. Agbako will just enter your car and drive off. That's one way by which angels collect cars. Sometimes they will scare you. You, with your own hands, will drive it into a ditch. You will wreck the car entirely. They will bring you out. They are used to it. You think it's a, what do you call it? Airbag. It's not airbag. It's angel bag. Wrap you around. Not one scratch. You will watch the car destroyed. And you forgot to insure it comprehensively. You did all party. Nothing for you, bros. The motor is gone. Don't be angry. Angels do that. They do it. They take people's things. Somebody just enter the house. Where is that 10 million he has been keeping? They will collect it. You know why? They said there is no way. There is no spirit that will talk to this guy to go and walk in that place. Only hunger can. This is somebody that Gabriel is holding your 10 million dollars. He's keeping it. And the Lord says to him, Gabriel, don't give him. If you give him now, 
There are things he's supposed to learn. There are places he's supposed to bless people. He will not go. Some of you tried to rearrange your NYC. Frustration. Finally, you went to serve in a place that you, you never will have agreed to go to that place. But it's God that said you must go there. I'm telling you the truth. That's how God does. He, he, God leads people with adversity. He does. There was a church. Go and preach there. Paul, he, was, he didn't want to go there. So you know what, what God did to Paul? He fell sick. Some of you don't know Paul fell sick. He did. Let's travel. <laughs> the people on the boat said, we can't carry this man. He's vomiting. So they now kept him somewhere. And people came to aid him. So he wrote to them later, remember, it was because of my bodily affliction. That was when, how you heard the gospel the first time. I am convinced. God wanted him to preach. Paul was in a hurry to go somewhere else. So he said, one angel blew on his face. He started sneezing. After sneezing for a few days, he had to calm down. The journey was canceled. What am I going to say? Listen, God leads people with adversity. He leads people with prosperity. One day somebody was telling me how one big man of God arrived in where God really blessed him and his ministry prospered. He said, you know how he got there? Persecution. Imagine that many people have persecution everywhere. You are in this house. One day, the landlord will come and fight you. That you are supposed to pack it. You didn't pack. I said, I'm not owing you. Now. I don't care. Go. Move to another place. Trouble. Finally, they find your house in Abakiliki. That was how the man moved to Abakiliki. This is not Nigeria. And there, he found what? Rest. You know, how did Joseph get to Egypt? What happened? The Lord spoke to me as he was sleeping. The Lord came to him and said, Joseph, beloved of his father, the man with the coat of many colors, arise, wear thy cloth. <laughs> and Joseph woke up and he wore the cloth. He dressed up. And he said, I have prepared for thee a chariot that shall carry thee and thy destiny into Egypt. And the chariot appeared and Joseph entered. And wait bye bye to his father. I'll miss you. I'll miss you. <laughs> and then when he got to Egypt, you know the story now. Please, I've been sent by God to preserve many lives. And Pharaoh said, eh, "Yes, I was asleep, and I dreamt that this is the place. When I woke up this morning, my spirit said, follow that chariot.' And Pharaoh said, "Thank you for coming. We're having problems." Can you interpret this dream? Should I write it for you? Yeah, where is the dream? Where is the dream? <laughs> Did that happen? Yes, it didn't happen anywhere. He woke up in the morning. Father said, please go and check your brothers on me. The brother said, let's kill him. Joseph got to Egypt through adversity. Nobody spoke to him. Joseph got into Egypt because of adversity. Nobody was discussing with him. Thou son of the most beloved father. It's time to manifest thine destiny. Nothing like that. While he was preparing to manifest his destiny, he was working as a slave. And when he was promoted, he was promoted into prison. Are you still doubting when I say that God leads you with adversity? He does. There are people who say, God said, I won't give you that money yet. Why? If I give you, you will join the league of those who are always going abroad looking for nothing. You know, half of those who travel abroad, they'll go because Solomon said they are in competition with their neighbor. Is that not your Bible? Solomon said it now. I have found that most of the things that people do is because of competition. There are those that God said, <laughs> if you give this boy money now, give this girl money, what care about? Sit down and do the work that God has committed into your hands. No, just wake up. Say, ah, this long holiday, where are we going? 
When I see people traveling abroad sometimes, I'll just be laughing. I say, too much money is a very horrible thing. I say, I want to rest. You want to rest. So? So you fly 10 hours to go and rest. Are you all right? <laughs> too much money makes us do things. You didn't have that money and you wanted to rest. You know what you will do. You know now. You just go home and go and greet your mother. Ah, your mother will be so happy to see you. Any problem? No, I came to rest. Please, don't let anybody know I'm here. I want to sleep. And then she'll trust her. She'll protect you very well. She won't tell anybody you are visiting. You're in the room at the back. They'll just know that this generator is always on. They won't know that big man has come from Enugu. <laughs> then time I go home those days, that's it. The generator will never go off. I said, Mommy, I'm not used to this kind of heat, you know. <laughs> But when you have money, you know what happened? Ah, guys, I need to rest. I need to rest. You blew 700,000 on ticket. You want to rest. It's not your fault. It's the fault of 700,000 that's in your pocket. There are people that God says, don't give him yet. He will get there later. Not now. Please, I'm saying all of this to let us know that it is not prosperity that God is engineering to give us in a hurry. It is Christ being formed. So I said, he forms it through adversity. He forms it also through what? Prosperity. Prosperity is a test as much as adversity is a test. Matter of fact, let me tell you something. Any money that comes into your hand, God is checking how you are going to spend it. I'm not kidding. Now, let me tell you something. Holy Spirit will not tell you how to spend it. This Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit thing has confused Christians. If you put the money down and say, Holy Spirit, how do I send, spend this money? Nine, no, 99 times out of a hundred, he will say nothing. You know why? It's like writing an exam. They give you a question. Discuss the cost of price increase when, Gary, uh, when cassava is abundant. I'm just trying to do reverse economics there. Lecturer sets it for you in finance, PA, you know, postgraduate economics. You now call him and say, how do I answer this? Is he going to answer you? What I'm telling is not a joke. I mean it literally. What lecturer is saying, all the ones we've been teaching all the while, use it to answer this. Everything you are doing is a test. God sends to you 25000 and He's saying, I'm watching how you will spend it. And I say, Holy Spirit, how do I send, spend it? He say, you don't understand. This is not a test on how to hear the Holy Spirit. This is a test on how, to, that this is a test on how, as an adult Christian, you make money decisions. So you'll be there, Lord, Holy Spirit, how do I... Holy Spirit is not taking, telling you anything. The best I can do to you is remind you of all the scriptures and all the needs around you. You now say... Steve Covey said, save 10%. You remove the first 10%. Let's say, good, backslider. <laughs> yeah, you are quoting Steve Covey. So you never can tell what tomorrow holds. Take another 20, 10%. Put another 10%. Say, hmm, thank you. The Lord said to you, sufficient unto the day is evil thereof. You say, ah, you heard that? So uh, your, your cousin needs money for this. Uh, every man to himself, God for us or our bed. Leave that in. Are you getting my point? <laughs> By the time you finish making your decision, you can fail the exam. And then God returns to the step place where he used to be before. He's not angry. He's not angry. You know what he's saying? Go back and go and what? Learn. How do I spend the money? He said, reason. 
based on what I have taught you up till now. Reason and make your decisions concerning how to spend. Yeah? We Christians, we like too much the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, let me tell you how Holy Spirit leads people. Nine times out of ten, it's true scriptures you have read, you have imbibed, affecting your thought process. Decisions you make using the scriptures as your foundation for thinking is the Holy Spirit. That is the voice of the Holy Spirit. You see, what does my decision-making process on money have to do with what you're talking about? Remember, it is Christ that has been what? Formed. All of this is Christ being formed. When we are talking about Christ being formed, what we are saying is this. That when you make decision on money making and spending, it has to be. We are working towards being in exact conformity, conformity with how Christ reasons. There was a time Jesus was sending people out. You know what he said to them? So now everybody are going to ministry. You're going to be gone for a few weeks. Peter, who are you going with? I'm going with James. All right, John, who are you going with? I'll go with Andrew. All right, fine. Two, two, everybody go. They're about to leave. He said, wait, wait, wait. Drop your bags. What? No bags. ATM cards, drop them here. No purse. No ATM cards, nothing. No bag, no extra supply. Don't take an extra shirt. And he said, don't greet any man on the way. I like the way Bishop Wedeko used to say that. He said, it means don't lobby. Don't explain to anybody, you know, we're out. We're missionaries. We're out on a mission. <laughs> Are you going to support us? There's no explanation to anybody. Read this book. It's beautiful in that area. They practice it there. God smuggler. Brother Andrew's Bible school, that's what they used to do. They would send them out for a few weeks to go and do mission. They give them small money. They used to give them money or small money, and they were not allowed. One rule, don't tell anybody your needs. The rule they were given, don't ask anybody for anything. Don't tell anybody. So there was a day they decided to do like a children's outreach. So they invited the children for a party. They gathered many things. So they said, how do the children's party no cake? So the reason I said, okay, we need to get cake. And they were told, taught, what do you do? You pray about everything. So they went and prayed. Lord, we need cake for this party. So they started waiting. One woman now came and said, oh, I like what you young men are doing with these young children. That's very nice. Is there any way I can help? They looked at each other. Any way she can help? The cake. Somebody said, no, we're not allowed to ask for anything. So they looked at the woman, no, 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 thank you. And they're like, no, she's the one that said, is there any way I can help? We didn't go out to go and solicit, you know, we didn't lobby. We're not the one greeting her on the way. She's the one greeting us on the way. But they looked at each other and said, no. They said, we're not allowed to ask. We told the woman, nothing. The woman said, well, nothing. She said, no, nothing, man. So she turned around and left. So some of them were looking at, there goes our cake. Shortly before the party started, there was a knock on the door. This time around was a delivery man. that had one big box with him. I said that he was told to deliver this thing to them. But delivery time had closed. So he was supposed to be gone home. He should have gone home by now. But before he left, he realized that it was food and it's perishable. So he can't keep it till tomorrow. So he said to just pass through here and deliver. He op- they opened it. It was cake that was inside the box. Please go and read the story. God Smuggler by Brother Andrew. It's in- inside there. 
greet no man on the way. They practiced it to the letter. I hope you're getting my point. These are two disciples. Oh yeah, everybody go out. Don't take anything. Don't prepare any extra provisions. You know what he was trying to teach them? The sufficiency of God. It's not as if normally going with an extra bag is a problem. He said, but these people need to learn how to depend on God totally. Some of the lessons that we need to learn as believers. Jesus sent them out and said, don't take anything. You know what I found out? God wants us to get to the point where we reason exactly like Jesus and we don't worry about anything. You know what? <laughs> Jesus said, now this is what he's trying to, uh, he wants us to get to. He wants us to get to a point where you have bills to pay tomorrow morning by 9 o'clock and it's 9 p.m. now and the money has not come. You don't know where to come from. Now if I tell you this, is surprising to many people. It becomes a sin. If you lose sleep because of it. So I pointed to the sinners in the neighborhood. They point to the child of God that couldn't sleep because he needs to pay something by tomorrow morning and he's not sure how the money is coming. Two, two stories I have to tell about my life in that area. <laughs> Those days. You know why? I've never really been in distress, you know. You know, some people say that I was broke. I, was, I have hardly been broke in my life. Now, you say, oh, you had money. No. You know, I've, I've hardly been broke. I must say I've never been broke. Hardly. You know why? God gave me one grace early in life. Spending within my limits. I can't remember ever actively wanting what I could not have. I could desire to, you know, when we were young, wanted to have aeroplanes. You know, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> not a big deal. I was in school when I saw my friends buy music sets and be paying small, small. There are things I just did not do. I won't buy a shirt from you and be paying you three times. No. If I had one shirt, I wore it, washed it, and wore it again, and washed it. And God helped me. I was content with that. God helped me with that. I'm serious about that. Never ask my parents. Oh, you can you can ask my father really, but you can ask my mother. <laughs> she will tell you that I, for a long time I've been like that. I've never want to you know come home and be asking for things. No, it's just the normal things young people want, you know, need. That's what I get. But you know, the time I was in school, I kept on prophesying. I said I'm going to buy a very fat music set. Who did you, you know, young boys? That was what you. When we were in school, there was no mobile phone. A sign of material abundance. It's the size of your bedus. <laughs> How many people were there? Is it like that now? Now everybody's using mobile phone. For us, it was you had a big music music set. And you know, God blessed me with it. I didn't go home to ask my parents, not one day. One day I just go home. They said, ah, fill this form on those state is giving out my scholarship money. And then one day they gave me the money. Seriously. Now, so that's how my life generally has been. I live without my within my means for a very long time. The first time in life. That I needed money that I did not have. was when I wanted to marry. Before that time, if I needed money that I did not have, it was my parents' worry. Are you getting my point? Yes, they were the ones paying for everything. The first time in life I needed money I didn't have was when I wanted to marry. That is seriously. Before then, I just didn't need. It's not, I, I hope you are getting what I'm going to explain. I was not in the habit of needing. Don't think I said I always had money. When I was a resident before that time, I was 
empty half of the month. They paid us, say, 30th of last month. By 15th of the next month, I didn't have anything again. And he said, you were never broke. I'm not broke. I'm not going anywhere. I, didn't, I don't need money. I just sit at home. It's when you go out, you start needing money. You just sit on one spot. Did you, <laughs> didn't used to eat. I bought food. Once they paid the salary, I was wise enough to buy yam, gari, rice, things like that, and stock them. And it was enough to eat at the end of the month. Well, <laughs> I know there was one scripture I used to quote. It's a book of Oyedepo, chapter 6, verse 15. Why are you looking for those who are not looking for you? <laughs> One of the scriptures from Oyedepo I used to quote. Say, why are you doing, walking around Lagos? Who's looking for you? Stay in one place. Settle down and study. I spent all my time studying. That's why you are listening to me till today. They didn't go anywhere. I told you if I had too much money, I wouldn't have known scripture. Because if you have too much money, you'd be going everywhere. I didn't have, so I stayed in one place. I read... Red book, plenty. My scripture used to fall from my ears. If I'm walking on the road, you pick Matthew chapter 5. <laughs> First time I needed money, really, seriously. I needed to come up with money, and I didn't have it. So I was going to wait. One story after another. Let me summarize it. Do you know one day, I realized I was not sleeping. And I didn't know why I wasn't sleeping. I would lie down for hours, I'm still awake. That was when suddenly it hit me that this is what they call worry. I've never really been worried before. And you know what? And, and it's, that, what I'm talking about that is displeasing to the Lord. So I apologized to the Lord and I went and by next day I started sleeping well. Then one day I was reading from First uh, Timothy chapter 6 and I saw that it said instruct those who are rich in this world not to be conceited he said, let them not put their hope on the uncertainty of riches. He said, what should they rather do? They should be generous, ready to share. Ah, then it dawned on me that all the money, that all the little money I had, I had been focusing on one thing. So truly, I was not depending on God. I was depending on money. That was why I was worried. Of course, I've told the story many times. Next day, I took the one I had, which was not much. I needed more. I started giving out. I went to church, put money in the offering basket. I walked to my pastor. I, hey, sir, you've been a blessing. I dashed him money. I wasn't dashing him money. I was freeing my soul of worry. A friend of mine was waiting the same period. I gave him money. I'm sure he thought I hit a jackpot. I rejoiced at that word like, like, as one who hits jackpot. Yes, that's what, that's what I hit. So what about the need you had for money? The Lord showed me that you did it. I didn't need money. He didn't supply me any extra cash what they just demonstrated to me is that, oh boy, you can do without this money. True story. I thought there are two stories. Second was this place where we are now, where we are living very shortly. Those early days. How much was the rent? Was it not, there was more than 200,000. It was due. Kingdom World didn't have money. Personally, I also didn't have. If I had, I would have dashed Kingdom World and paid. So I just kept on thinking, praying. Then one day, the story is this. It was one day I was climbing the stairs in the house where I was staying that time. Then a thought dropped in my mind. Banky, you are thinking so much about this money that you need now. What if the Lord supplies the money tomorrow? How will you feel? Ah, I said I will feel very bad. That is, I was worried. 
So why don't you stop worrying now? So that if the Lord supplies the money tomorrow, you don't have to feel bad. I stood there and said, Lord, I'm very sorry. I won't think about this thing again. One brother had asked us that time. And he said, uh, how much does it cost to host our website that time? And I told him it was about 40000 I said, okay. So he was pledging to give us 40000 to host the website for the following year. So I thanked him, of course. Typical of me, if you make a pledge, let me be honest with you, I don't remember you. It's part of the things the Lord taught me. Don't put pressure on my soul. Don't make me start thinking about you. If you want to give an offering, give it. Don't disturb me. I said, Pastor Banke, um, my family, we are pledging. We are for this project. We are going to be giving 100000 every month for five months. That's your problem. As soon as you say it, I will thank you and bless you and wipe you off my brain. When we see the 100000 I know you spoke. If I don't see it, I won't remind you. I won't, uh, okay, ah, uh, Ross, how now? And last week, you know you were telling me, where's the first 100000 <laughs> There, there are things that we never do. I'm not going to, look, look, look. The Lord taught me that one long ago. People's pledges don't give me a headache. But this brother pledged 40,000, right? Then the day after I prayed this prayer, either the day or two days after I prayed this prayer, he called me. He said, whether I have seen the money that he sent. I said, no, no, I've not checked, you know, that, I would, I, you know, there's no SMS and like that. We need, it's only when I go to the banking platform that I will see it. That's okay. I said, I will check, I will check. I, you know, in my mind, how much, how much was, was that going to be? 40,000 naira. How much were we owing here? Less than 200. You understand? By the time he called back, he said, let him just tell me how much it was. It was 1 million naira. He split, he, he gave Kingdom what, 800,000. That's why I told the story of 40,000. You know, I didn't, I wasn't thinking of the 40,000 naira. You know, that's just one thing the Lord taught me. Don't use your pledge to give me thought processes. There are many things to think about. Please, if you want to pledge to me, at least I'll, let me just teach you how to do it. Give me the first money first. Say, oh God, this will, more will come. Uh-huh. Then I know you're a human being. This one, the... <laughs> look, look, I know what I'm saying, what I'm saying. This life, nine out of ten promises that have been made to me have not been met. And people have said all kinds of things in my hearing. Sir, you have been to a tremendous blessing. You have been a tremendous blessing. When God blesses me, I'm going to buy you. <laughs> A G a GL550 in my mind. <laughs> GL550. Buy me Coke now. What am I doing to a GL550? I'd rather you give me a bottle of water and say I was blessed. I'll open the water, drink it, and bless you. Thank God, listen, give me GL550. I don't think I'll be like you. It's the person that gives me a bottle of water. <laughs> If you're a minister, learn what I'm saying. That will you, nobody will annoy you. The brother pledged 40,000 naira and ended up giving 1 million. And why did he give 1 million? He went for a program. He heard people testify and say, ah, God, I go conquer last. So he reasoned to himself, said, Lord, you supply money. Me too, I must join this group of people that when they are giving an offering, he's round. No round like six times with one pole behind. <laughs> Now, why am I telling this story? Just a day or two before then, I was on the steps where I was living then, and that thought dropped in my mind. That's when you say, to me, it was the Holy Spirit calling me to order. Say, so why are you trying to make worry a habit? You know, a lot of people, they learn to worry. They just, they, they feel useless if they are not worrying. They feel like, why can't I worry? Everybody's worrying and getting high blood pressure. What's wrong with me? Now, you are laughing, right? Do you know sometimes 
as a Christian, it gets to that point. That's why you have to hang around people of like faith. Because when the word is working in you, it does not even tell you what it is doing. It just removes worry. After a while, you start feeling irresponsible. The word will so work in you, you'll be feeling irresponsible. They say, ah, tomorrow the sky is going to fall. They say, when it falls, wake me up. And you go back to <laughs> And I'm like, ah, what do you mean? We're supposed to be out there erecting pillar. He says, excuse me, did you not say a sky that is falling? In the West, Western Nigeria, we have a saying, say the sky is falling. It's not one man's trouble. <laughs> you tell me the sky is falling. I'm going to, there was one woman, true story. Can I hear you tell the story? Second World War. Hitler will come, bomb London, bomb London. So they all learned how to go and die, you know, hide. Rush to the bomb, bomb, what they call bunkers. The bomb shelters. You know, you know, they had bomb shelters everywhere. So one day they didn't see the woman again. First day they didn't see her. Second day they didn't see her. Third day they didn't see her. Ah, what happened to Madam Smith? So they decided that, ah, maybe she got hit. Her house got hit one of the bomb raids. And before she could escape, she died. Oh, then one day, one man, I think her pastor was going on the road and saw her. Ah, Madam Smith, you are alive and well too. We don't see you at the bomb shelter anymore. He said, I don't bother coming. Why not? Where do you go? I stay at home. <laughs> bomb raid, you stay at home? He said, she said, yeah, that one of those days she was reading her Bible and she found out that the Lord neither sleeps nor slumbers. So she said, that why should two people keep her awake? <laughs> he said, that the Lord neither sleeps not slumbers. And the conclusion of her spirit was why should I also not sleep or slumber? That no, we, can't, we, we don't share this job. <laughs> Lord, do your work. I do my own. What is my own work? Praise and thanksgiving. What's your own work? Keep her awake. And that's how this woman, after that, she never bomb raised none of her problems. She would just lie down and sleep. In peace, I will lie down and sleep for the Lord alone makes me dwell what? In safety. Sometimes God can walk in your life so much. You will not know how to worry. You will not start feeling as if you are irresponsible. I told those two testimonies to show you what God has done in my own life. It's not money that God is trying to send. That's why I'm talking about it. What the Lord is sending is Christ complete in you. Christ complete in you. If I have to pray one prayer for you for 2019... It is that spiritual things will be so real to you, you will not be able to worry. Amen. That, that, that's the prayer. That's the one I pray for myself. That's the one I pray for my wife. I could pray for money, but God said, enough, enough, enough. That if the Lord comes to me and I say, Bank, ask me for one thing. I said, Lord, I just need one thing. Elijah, Elisha was not walking by faith, in quotes, when he refused to panic. Why did he refuse to panic? He knew his knowledge, epignosis. He was convinced. He knew that he knew. And possibly he had physically seen that the, angel, the angels were surrounding the mountain. So when they said they are looking for us, he slept. The servant came. Alas, my master, how shall we do? Take a bed. We are not going to hide where? Say, don't you know those who are with us are more than those who are with them, those who are against us? 
Sir, you don't get it. It's soldiers. They are carrying weapons. So that Elisha could sleep. He said, Lord, please open his eyes. I pray a prayer for you. May your eyes be open. Amen. When eyes open, worries disappear. When eyes open, worries disappear. There was a day, this was many years ago, before Akinlu was born. My wife and I were looking at the magazine. We were just married like a year before. And we saw a picture. Can you remember that photograph? Daddy Pa Life magazine. And one woman had her hand stretched out like this. And one hand from above was handing something down to her. And they looked, we looked inside. That is the picture inside. What was inside? A little baby. Two of us are laughing. You know what we, what we heard from that picture? Children, they are gifts from God. It's not a man's fertility or a woman's fertility. We started laughing. I hope you're getting my point. Ah, that his eyes opened that day. I never forgot it. It was women's something. This is the Life magazine. Mirror. Eh? Mirror, yes. I looked inside. I had that picture stuck with me till today. Prosperity. <laughs> Yoruba has a saying, Kirakita Odola. Who speaks Yoruba here? Oh, you do? You, you, you know what it means? Kirakita. What it means is that? Hosu. That's a modern word for it. Hosu. Say, Hosu does not turn to wealth. That statement is loaded. What they are saying is this. It is not the man's hustle that turns to wealth. It's the gift of God. It is the Lord thy God that gives the power to create wealth, to make wealth. If you don't realize that, you'll be running up and down. The other day, my wife, I know she was leaving the house in the morning. There are little, little things. I just said, baby, let's be careful about little things. The children didn't get ready on time. She now said, okay, okay, everybody run into the car. We'll pray in the car. I said, no, pray in the sitting room. Now, this is my logic. Why are you rushing? They did not. They, no, we have homework. We have tests. So we read till last moment. I said, no. Read in, while you are driving. Sit down and pray. My wife and I discussed. I said, do you know the reason why? I said, because where we put our energy shows where our help is coming from. I said, no. You are not rushing that prayer. You will sit down in the sitting room and pray it. And I will do everything. Now, as we are going in the car, we are driving, dodging traffic, dodging gallop. Yeah, somebody said, the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. Even if you are God, will you listen? When you were not driving, you had the bath. When you were not driving, you ironed your clothes, you dressed up, you ate breakfast, you did the assignment, you discussed, you did everything. Children, you quarreled, you made up. Then time to drive, time to, you are now driving, prayer time. I said, no. Why? Because we understand that that success is a gift of God. It's a gift of God. If God says to those children, do well, they will do well. If they labor and labor and God says, no, confusion will meet them when they enter the exam. If I have to pray prayer for you this year, is that God, in 2019, the realm of the Spirit will be clear to you. Amen. That you will see the things of the Spirit clearly. Amen. That when you look up, it will not just be skies, it will be the power of God, it will be angels, it will be spiritual forces that you are seeing. So you will understand that physical things respond to the things of the spirit. Jesus spoke to a tree. The tree died. Herbicide. Tree killer. A word. I pray to the Lord that listen. God, please do this for me. Oh, Please don't misunderstand what I want to say. 
I pray the Lord, Lord, I don't want to walk by faith. I want to walk by epignosis. He said, what is that? Deep and complete knowledge. Now, like I said, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that faith is out of order. But when you have faith, it takes you into the arena of knowledge. I don't know whether I get my point. Let me give an example. God said, why does a man hope for that which he can see? Is that not what he said? Now, what is the first thing that faith does? It produces what? Hope. So he said, if a man can see something, it's no longer hope. Which means also, it's not faith. I don't know whether I get my point. That faith has done his work and has produced the true knowledge of God. I don't know whether I get my point. Now, this is how I like to explain it. Did Peter walk by faith when he saw Jesus was alive? After, after, after he died and rose up from the dead? Was he walking by faith? Did he not see Jesus Christ? It was Thomas that they said, Blessed is he that believes without sin. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Faith is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying faith is bad. I mean, I just quoted the scripture now. Bless the one that believes without sin. But beyond that point in which a man just believes, God takes you to a place that when you want to see blind eyes and you want to tell the eye to open, you're not like, ha, ah, ah, this eye, just watch me. No. Before you saw the blind man, you saw his open eyes before they brought him in. Why do you think Jesus said, I don't do anything of my own. It's what I see my father do. That's what I am doing. That's what faith begets. That's what faith begets. Faith, faith takes you to a place where you're not just walking in quote, in quote now by faith. You are walking by what you know. You are sure of. Where spiritual things to you, they are real. Listen, it gets to a point. In our spiritual development as children of God, hmm? when we are reading scriptures, it's no longer a matter of faith anymore. We have become so related and experienced with it towards its genuine information. I don't know whether I get my point. No, just, just imagine that thing I said. Elisha was not trying to believe. Elisha knew that those who are with him are more than those who are trying to arrest him. So the concept of panicking could not cross his mind. As for his servant, he could say, yes, my master said we are fine. I believe the word of the prophet. My master said we are fine. So you say, my master said we are fine. Hiding behind the master. My master said we are fine. <laughs> Do you get what I'm going to say here? I pray for you that God will take into the arena of knowledge. Amen. Complete knowledge. Amen. Deep knowledge. Amen. Knowledge that makes, now let's come back to it. Knowledge that makes the work of faith natural. Knowledge that makes the work in the supernatural a normal thing. And when Jesus was going to the cross, he told those people, he said, wait, if you, if it was deliverance I needed, don't you think I will have asked the Father and will have sent 12 legions of angels? Listen, you don't send a man to go to the waters to go and catch supplies for you. You must know the thing is there. When they said, I'll pay money, there's no money. Okay, go to the waters. Cast in your, your hook, your line. The first fish you catch, open his mouth. You think the statement of it? <laughs> hey, 
That is what a man knows. I hope you're getting my point. Yes. How did he get to that place? Because by faith he understood that God is my supplier. But having gone through that level, he got to a place where God is my supplier is natural. He doesn't think about it. When he says the Lord will provide, it's as if, don't worry, go to my kitchen, you'll find the bowl of gari there. Put water in it, you will be fine. Do you understand my point? Why? He put the gari there, he knows. So instead of praying for God, do this for me, do this for me, let's rise to our feet. Let's pray. God, bring me to that arena of knowledge. That is a that's a prayer Christians should be praying. Till Christ is formed. That's what we are talking about. Till Christ is formed. That's what we are talking about. Till Christ is formed. That's what God is doing. That's what, that's why into all of that. God is not trying to give somebody food or give somebody this, give somebody that. What He is doing is bring you to a place where you have that not that Christ kind of knowledge, where you walk with confidence. Where you hit the road, you know, <coughs> we used to think Abraham deceived Sarah. No, Abraham did not deceive Sarah. When he said, I am the lad to go and we will come back. He said, we will come back. When he said that, he meant it. We are coming back. You will be traveling. You will tell your wife, I will see you tomorrow. It's not a game of chance. You have prophesied safety upon your journey. And you are convinced you are returning. Uh, that's the, that's the, the arena we need. The arena of a walk of conviction, knowledge. That's what we are pursuing. Nobody's here praying, God, this year you give me a motor car. Come on, come on, come on. Pray that prayer. Say, Lord, take me to that realm. Take me to that realm. Christ being formed in me. Until I'm perfect, complete in him. Until I'm complete. That is the prayer I wanted to pray. Until I'm complete. 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 Say, Lord, I want to know the reality of the spiritual. I want to have a personal experience. I want to know you until the spiritual beings, till Christ is more real to me than my wife. Christ is more real to me than my husband. The angels, they are more real than the policemen I see on the road. They are more real than the dogs in my compound. They are guard dogs, but no. Angels are more real to me. That when I come out, I feel the presence of angels. I know they are there. That the shield of God that surrounds me with favor is more real to me than the knowledge a man has of his relationship with the president or with the governor or the commissioner of police or the GOC of 82 division here. I want to have that knowledge of the shield of God about me. The knowledge of the shield of God that surrounds me. That's what I call advanced level of faith. It's not the kind of faith that we don't know whether you are, you know, is, is mixed with wishful thinking. No. I want to know that in reality, my life is in God's hands. That's what God is working on. That's what He's working on. That's what your prayer must be this year. Enough of prayer for food. Enough of prayer for raiment. Enough of prayer that starts making us hear voices. Arise, my son, go to a more comfortable land. Not them that I heard God. You didn't hear God. You heard the deep fears of your heart. You heard the things that are pushing you. You didn't hear God. What should be the deepest quest of your heart? 
You know what Paul said? That I might know him. And the power of his resurrection. Ah, now you understand what Paul was saying. That I may know him. The power and the power of his resurrection. There was something that Paul was running for. This is Paul that had even seen Christ Jesus. <laughs> Everything he was pursuing. No, 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 forget all these material things. There are tools, there are tools. Say, Lord, I will have the tools I need to do your work. But my quest in life is to know you. My quest in life is to know you. Make that your prayer point for 2019. Things around will respond to Christ. You know, a time comes. Look, you will be speaking to trees the way Jesus used to speak. A time comes. That knowledge will make you careful with your words. You're not just disciplined with words now. Do you realize? It will get to a point in life. Our words, like the words of Christ, will speak life to human bodies. You will speak to eyes be open and they will open. That's what we are going for. Enough of mundane living. Enough of living like common people. But except that is the drive of your heart. Except that is the desire of your heart. God can't do it. Say, Lord, this year, that's what I'm pursuing. The knowledge of you. I want spiritual things to be real to me. Say, Lord, this year, that's what I'm pursuing. I want everything that I see to be from the realm of the Spirit. I want everything I see to be from the realm of the Spirit. I want everything I see to be the way God sees them. Even this election that's coming up. We all have our opinions. But when we are praying, we pray that the power belongs to God. And wants His power to be manifested. We don't trust any human being. I know my preferred candidate. Each person has a preferred candidate. But we don't have any hope in any human being. And we know it's not even our voting. We will vote because we are responsible citizens. But even as we are casting our votes, we are just making statements to the Lord. We know the power belongs to him and is a governor among the nations. Say, Lord, that reality is my prayer. That reality, that reality, where spiritual things for me is not let us check. I want to know Christ in such a manner. I want to know the spiritual in such a manner that is to me real, 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 like the way I have my car keys. When I turn it, I expect it to start. People of God, that was how Jesus walked. That was how Jesus walked. And that's how God wants us to walk. When God used to come down in the cool of evening, in the cool of the evenings to speak with Adam and with Eve, it was not supposed to be surprising. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. Don't get me wrong. eh? Let's not misunderstand Enoch. Enoch was not praying until he was not. He walked with God. He used to take strolls with him. Enoch walked with God. It wasn't that uh, his life was just pleasing to God. No. Enoch walked with God. That was what he, he said until he was not. It was faith that took him to that level. That's what I'm saying. That's where our faith is taking us to. The level of walk with God. The Bible says before his translation, he pleased God. That's what faith does. It helps us to please God. But then it takes us to another level. Where we can walk with him. Where his footsteps are real to us. That is it. That is it. Paul said, that's what I'm laboring for. To bring people to that level. Because not, they can't. Natural human beings, they can't walk with him. There is a place they need to get to before they can walk with him. It's not just that they gave their lives to Christ. Yes, they know. They walk with his word. They walk by faith. They walk with sacrifices. That is, they sacrifice things for him. For the true knowledge of him. Then he brings them to a point. That's why Paul, after everything, said, I'm still laboring to get to that point. 
But you will not get there except that's the quest of your heart. Say that I might know him. Let that be your prayer today. Let that be your prayer for this year. Say that I might know him. Let that be your prayer. That I may know him. Father, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Father, we thank you. Thank you for what you have done in our lives. Thank you for what you are doing in our life this 2019. Thank you for a fresh revelation. Thank you, Lord, for insight. Thank you for we are being filled with the knowledge of your will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Thank you for we are walking in a manner worthy of you. Thank you, Lord, we are pleasing in all respects. We will bear fruit in every good work. And we will increase in the knowledge of God. And Lord, we will walk into that knowledge. The knowledge of God. We will receive it, Lord, this year. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us give God praise in our own words. Each person give God praise in your own words. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Let us give God thanks once again. Let us give God thanks once again. Just, Father, we thank you. Father, we give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed up from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's do that one more time. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. That means this year, your hand will transmit the power of God. That's what it means. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Turn to your neighbor. This is your season. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. Two more people. This is your season. One more person. One more for yourself. This is my season. This is my season of multiplication, dominion, manifestation in the name of Jesus. All right. Cheer up, brethren. Our next meeting is on Saturday.